Welcome to the Mission Driven Podcast, a show designed to empower, educate, and encourage you to stay focused and committed to your mission. I'm your host, AC Cristales. Let's get ready to roll. Welcome back to Mission Driven with AC Cristales. I'm recording this on Saturday, April 25th, 2020, and it's a beautiful day out here in Dallas, Texas. The sun is shining. It's not too hot. You know, Dallas can get pretty hot, July, August, but thankfully we don't have that 100 degree heat yet. But my hope is that wherever you're listening to this podcast episode, that you're doing well, that you're staying safe and you're staying healthy. Now, how many of y'all are excited, are ready for the next two episodes of The Last Dance. I know I am, but even if you're not, and even if you haven't watched any of the episodes, like I said on my last episode, stick with me for the next couple of minutes as I share some wisdom and lessons that I gathered from watching the second episode from The Last Dance. Now, understand this, I'm doing this with the intention to empower and inspire you as you continue to walk on your personal journey of success. But if you haven't listened to episode 26, play every game like it's your last. It's okay. I'm not going to hold that against you, but I'd encourage you to check it out as it focused on the first episode of the last dance documentary. Now, real quick in that episode, I shared how we have the ability to take it easy in our pursuit of a life marked by success. But if we want to be great, then it's going to take hard work and having a desire to grow. And remember, nothing changes until you finally get tired. Not only that, but this too, until your desire to change and improve is greater than your desire to stay the same, nothing changes in your life. Now, that's just a little snippet from the last episode. So check it out, listen to it. And if there's anything else that jumps out to you, hit me up on social media and let me know how it spoke to you. But let's go ahead and jump into the second episode of the Last Dance documentary series, which again chronicles the 1997-1998 NBA season of the Chicago Bulls as they pursued not only their sixth NBA championship, but also their second three-peat, which for my non-sports fans means they were attempting to win their third NBA championship in a row for the second time. Now you talk about a great team, baby. You talk about a reason why ESPN is making this documentary, but another reason why this documentary was made was simply because of the GOAT, the greatest of all time, the undisputed, And in the words of Brett the Hitman Hart, the best there was, the best there ever will be. This documentary was made because of Michael Jordan's dominance, which was documented again and will be documented in the rest of the episodes. But this second episode also focused on Scottie Pippen, who in his own right was a great basketball player. I mean, he's an NBA Hall of Famer and one of the best defenders of all time. So with that, let's go ahead and jump in to what stood out to me from this episode. The first thing was the fact that Jerry Krause wanted to trade Scottie Pippen. Like, yo, was that guy crazy or something? I mean, based on what we've seen so far, the answer is, yeah, dude was nuts. You know, he was trying to trade Scottie Pippen when the Bulls were dominating. But as I've heard from athletes, most of them know that professional sports is just a business. And so when owners feel that they don't need you, then they have no qualms. They have no reservations about cutting you. Now, the second thing that stood out to me was Michael's acknowledgement of Scotty. Although many people just saw Scotty Pippen simply as Robin to Michael's Batman status, the greatest basketball player to ever play the game said the following. He helped me so much in, in the way that I approached the game, the way I played the game. Whenever they speak Michael Jordan, they should speak Scotty Pippen. 
said, well, I won all these championships, but I didn't win without Scottie Pippen. And, you know, that's why I consider him my best teammate of all time. See, Jordan knew that there would be no championships without Scotty. And although Scotty was underappreciated from Bulls management, he had Jordan on his side. And imagine that, getting that validation from someone who was the best ever. That's like me as a motivational speaker getting validated by Tony Robbins or Eric Thomas. And yeah, most people, we'd like validation and appreciation from a lot of people. But sometimes that just doesn't happen. There's always going to be someone who doesn't celebrate you. There's always going to be someone who doesn't cheer you on. There's always going to be someone who doesn't see the good in you. But keep trucking, baby, because there is someone out there who knows and sees your worth. Now, the third thing that stood out to me was Scotty's upbringing. That's one of the things that I love about documentaries. You know, they show details that people may not be aware of. And as much as I like Scottie Pippen, I never knew how he grew up. I know he was from Arkansas because a friend of mine told me about the time she met Scotty at Central Arkansas, which is where Scotty attended college. But watching and listening and realizing that Scotty grew up experiencing challenges that no one would want to go through, that made me respect him more. You know, some of the things detailed in the documentary were that there were 12 kids in a house and they weren't rich. So, you know, Scotty's brother made it a point to talk about on the documentary that they had to share everything. Then you add in the fact that when Scotty was 12 years old, his dad suffered a stroke and lost his speech and was confined to a wheelchair and bedridden for the rest of his life. But Scotty says he can still remember to this day how that experience went down. It's amazing, man, the traumatic things that we remember. Those things never seem to leave our minds. Scotty also had a brother who, while he was wrestling, I like how you said that, by the way, he was wrestling at school, got injured and was paralyzed. So two people in Scotty's house were in wheelchairs. But basketball provided Scotty that outlet to forget his troubles, to try to lessen his pain and gave him the opportunity to dream and go after a dream. And that was to be an NBA player. Another thing that stood out was the fact that the Seattle Supersonics actually drafted Scotty. However, it was done with the intention of him actually going to the Bulls. So it was all good. And that's obviously one thing that Jerry Krause got right. But imagine, for all my hoop fans out there, imagine if Scotty Pippen played with Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. Man, that would have been that would have been interesting, man. Another thing that stood out was Charles Oakley on the Bulls team. Now, I remember Charles Oakley playing for the Bulls in 2001, but I didn't know he was with them in the late 80s. And Oak, as they call him, he was the enforcer, right? He had Jordan's back. And that's Oakley's reputation, the bully, the enforcer. And there's a story that I actually read about Oakley um, where he wasn't just Jordan's bodyguard on the court. He was also his bodyguard off the court. So, man, you don't mess with Oakley. In fact, there's another story that he once slapped Charles Barkley during a meeting. And another story that goes that Charles Oakley took a child out of a player's arms. He handed the child to the player's girlfriend and then he slapped the player in the face. I mean, yo, don't mess with Oakley. Not even now. He's probably like 55, 56 years old, but still, you could probably kick some butt. Now, the next thing that stood out was Jordan's playoff performance against the Celtics in his second year as a pro in a season when he fractured a bone in his foot. And although the Bulls lost the series to the Celtics, who you got to remember, they had Bird, they had Mikel, they had Parrish, they had Bill Walton, four Hall of Fame players, yet Jordan still dominated. And also, he had one of the greatest in-game crossover moves ever 
against Bird. Bird didn't know what was going on. I'm telling y'all, man, Jordan. Jordan's the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And that's why he is bad. Man, can I just say again how I love the music that they've used in the documentary so far? It's been great. Anyways, another thing that stood out to me was Pippen didn't start the 1998 season playing with the Bulls. He had surgery. And in a way, you know, watching the documentary, he scheduled that surgery so he wouldn't be able to play when the season started. So he could show Bulls management, yo, you need me. I know you're talking about trading me, but yo, you need me. And the last thing that stood out to me, and it's how the episode ends, was Scottie Pippen actually demanding a trade and saying he was never going to play for the Bulls again. Now, we Bulls fans and NBA fans, we know that Scotty wasn't traded, but that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing in the next episode, seeing how he got back in the fold as the Bulls went after their sixth NBA championship. Now, let's break down some wisdom and nuggets from the second episode of the Last Dance documentary. Number one, your friends won't always believe that you can achieve your dreams. Let me say that again. Your friends won't always believe that you can achieve your dreams. Not your enemies, not people who don't know anything about you. I'm talking about your friends, people that know you, that you depend on, that depend on you, and you're there for them, and they're there for you, and yet they won't always believe that you can accomplish your goals. But it's not because they doubt your abilities or secretly dislike you, because you can have so-called friends, you know, who behind the scenes honestly don't like you. But sometimes your friends don't believe in you because they simply don't see what you see. And what I mean by that is this. Your goal, your dream, your mission is your vision for your life. And so to expect someone who doesn't have your perspective, doesn't have your outlook, to expect someone like that to believe in your abilities to achieve your goals, you're setting yourself up to be disappointed because, again, they don't see what you see. They don't see the mountaintop, but it's okay. You see it, so keep climbing. Now, I say that's the first nugget of wisdom because in the documentary, Scottie Pippen's friend was interviewed and he point blank said, Scottie's not going to make it to the NBA. We know Scottie wants to be an NBA player, but Scottie's not going to make it to the NBA. But Scottie did make it to the NBA. And what's interesting about his story is that Scottie actually started out as an equipment manager. So imagine you, you're Scottie Pippen and you're telling your friends, yo, I'm going to make it to the NBA, but yet you're in college and you're not even a player on the basketball team. You're an equipment manager. You're taking care of jerseys. You're taking care of shoes and basketballs. You're not playing. And yet you're saying you're going to make it to the NBA. Come on, man. Come on. Seriously. Come on. How's that going to make sense? But what I loved about Scotty is that he worked hard and Scotty made it to the NBA. So again, it's not always about someone else believing in your dream. It's about you believing in your dream. Now, the second piece of wisdom from this episode is that when you're building a team, a great team, make sure you have the right people on the team. So for all my leaders out there, it doesn't matter how many people you have on your side because that's quantity. It's more about what kind of people that you have on your side. That's quality. I always said when I was an assistant principal and there was an event after school that teachers did not have to attend, that I wasn't going to beg for teacher participation. 
I wasn't going to require them to participate. And here's why. Because I'd rather go to war. All right. I'd rather go to war. I'd rather go to work with two or three teachers that I know care about the kids, that I know want the best for the school community, that I know they're willing to put in the extra time and they're willing to do whatever it takes to provide the best service. I'd rather I'd rather go to war with those people. And if it's just two or three, then to force someone to be at an event when they really don't want to be there. Why? Because it would be evident that they didn't want to be there. And if that's the case, then don't be there. And so Jordan, man, he, he had he had that same mentality, right? Jordan had that same kind of thinking and he knew he knew what kind of team he wanted to build. So, yeah, he raised his voice. He got on to his teammates. He challenged them. He questioned them. And why? Because he wanted the Bulls to be the best team. And like Bill Winnington said, Jordan wasn't worried about hurting your feelings. And if your feelings are hurt, well, he can leave. In fact, he said Jordan would tell them, yo, you don't want to be here, then leave. And I love that, man. So when you're building a team, make sure you partner with people who want the same things that you want, that are willing to work to accomplish great things and who can take constructive criticism because there's always room to grow and that they won't give up simply because they're in an uncomfortable spot because it's the uncomfortable positions of life that cause us to grow. Now, another nugget of wisdom comes from Jordan and it goes like this. That's just some, I'm not going to give up my number one spot too easily type mentality. And from what I took from what he said was this. If you want to keep your number one spot, if you want to keep dominating, you got to keep the energy up. You can't let up. All right. So the next nugget of wisdom is this. Be specific with the words that you use to influence your kids. Jordan said that he wouldn't be where he's at right now without the lessons he learned at a very young age. I love seeing footage of Jordan's parents and observing the huge role that they played in who he became. And so I loved hearing the story of when Jordan didn't make the varsity team as a sophomore in high school and how he went home and cried and his mom cried with him too. And Jordan said that he was done playing basketball, but mama Jordan, mama Jordan told him, look, if you really want it, go out there and work for it. Don't wait for someone to give you something. Work for what you want. So parent, teacher, principal, mentor, youth worker, always remember that you have the power to motivate and encourage that young boy, that young girl to not give up and to go out into the world and do great things. And your son needs to hear that he is smart, that he's talented. Your daughter needs to hear not only that she's beautiful, but that she's intelligent and capable of achieving whatever it is that she works hard for. And like Michael Jordan admitted in the documentary, he wanted his dad's approval. So all my fathers out there, realize your son, your daughter needs you. They need to hear that you approve of them. And all my moms out there, your son, your daughter needs you. And all my mamas out there, your son, your daughter needs you. They need to know that mama believes in them. So don't let your personal shortcomings limit what your kids can do. Another piece of wisdom from the second episode was realizing what a losing attitude does for a team. Jordan knew that the Bulls having a losing attitude wasn't going to benefit him and it wasn't going to benefit the team. And it's true because a losing attitude diminishes people's energy, 
promotes negativity and accepts mediocrity. So be careful what type of attitude you display in your home, at your job, on your team, or at your school. Now, the last nugget of wisdom that I got is this. You can't hold the great ones down. Larry Bird said that because of Michael Jordan, and it's true. The great ones don't fold when things get tough. I'm going to share with you a story that I love that illustrates this nugget of wisdom, that you can't hold the great ones down. There was an author by the name of Irving Stone who spent a lifetime studying greatness, writing biographies of people such as Michelangelo, Vincent Van Gogh, Sigmund Freud, and Charles Darwin. Stone was once asked if he had found the thread or pattern that runs through the lives of all these exceptional people. He said, I write about people who sometime in their life have a vision or dream of something that should be accomplished and they go to work. They are beating over the head. They are knocked down, vilified, and for years they get nowhere. But every time they're knocked down, they stand up. You cannot destroy these people. And at the end of their lives, they've accomplished some modest part of what they set out to do. Don't think that people who are great are great because they've never experienced any kind of hardship. People who are great are great because after experiencing hardship, suffering, and even feeling like they want to quit, they don't. They stand up and they keep working. Now, let's finish off with some lessons that I drew from this episode. There are five, so let's go ahead and get started with number one, the power of a team. Jordan knew he needed Pippen to win the championship. At one point, Jordan said that he would never be able to find a tandem, another support system, another partner in the game of basketball like Scottie Pippen. And Jordan's never been ashamed to admit that he needed Pippen because there's a power in a team. So let me say this to you. Your team doesn't have to consist of 10, 15, 20 people. A team can be one person, one person who's on your side. And both of you work together to create great things because truth be told, no one makes it as a success in this world alone. I like what George Shin once said, there's no such thing as a self-made man. You will reach your goals only with the help of others. We all need someone on our side. We all need someone to be there for us when things get hard. And I know that for some of us, that's a tough thing. You know, and you know why I'm saying that? I'm saying that based off my personal experience, because sometimes I'd rather work by myself. And there are times when I still harbor this me against the world mentality. But in order to achieve my goals and to get to a healthy place mentally, spiritually and emotionally, I have to understand that I cannot do it by myself. I need people, but the right kind of people. All right. The right kind of people, people that bring value to my life, people that offer hope to my life. And people that are there for me through the good and the bad. So if you need help, don't be afraid to reach out to someone. If you're feeling like life is just too much for you right now, it's okay to ask for help. Don't neglect the power of a team. Don't underestimate how people have been placed in your life to help you out. Lesson number two, your past doesn't have to determine your future. Let's quickly discuss Scottie Pippen and recap his childhood. Again, he grew up poor. He had a father and older brother who were confined to being in a wheelchair. And I say that just to let you know this, that he could have allowed those facts, right? The fact that he grew up poor to affect his mindset. He could have allowed the fact that his dad was unable to be there for him to affect his decision. All these things that Scotty went through could have crippled him for life. 
But that's the thing. Your past doesn't have to determine your future. I don't know what your past is. I don't know the failed opportunities that you still wrestle with. I don't know the mistakes from years ago that still keep you down. But I do know this. Your past doesn't have to determine your future. Do you want things to be different for you tomorrow? Then start making changes today. Lesson number three. Realize to succeed, it takes more than talent. Do you know anyone who is super talented? They can sing. They can rap. They can act. They're great at football. They're great at basketball. Or they're super intelligent. And yet still, they aren't successful. Have you ever wondered why that's the case? It's because in order to succeed at something, it takes more than talent. There are talented people everywhere. Everywhere. And there are many talented people who never make it. And for various reasons. They have negative influences in their life. They make poor decisions. And also because of this thought. I'm good, man. I don't need to work hard. I'm talented. But you know what? Talent only takes you so far. I love learning about Scotty in this documentary, man, in this second part, because again, he started out as an equipment manager in college, but he kept working and getting better. And when the opportunity came, he jumped on it. But I love what one of Scotty's college coaches said about him in the documentary. Yeah, Scotty, he had versatility. He had athletic ability, but he also had humbleness. Humbleness, the ability to recognize that I'm not above anyone. It's the ability to know that I can always grow because I don't know everything. And as Ralph Waldo Emerson once wrote, a great man is always willing to be little. Yeah, you may be talented, but are you humble enough to put in the work that needs to be done to get better? The next lesson, players want to play. As I stated before, in his second season, Jordan broke his foot. And this was the first time in his career that he was injured and had to miss a large number of games. But he wanted to play because players want to play. They're not fine sitting on the bench or sitting on the sidelines. They want to be in on the action. And if they get hurt, real players will do whatever it takes to get back on the field, get back on the court. And as the saying goes, real players understand this. Setbacks are just setups for comebacks. And Jordan wanted to play even at the risk of re-injuring himself and that just showed his mentality. But some of us, some of us, we fail. And once we fail, we stop trying things. Because we've already failed. It already didn't work. And so our mentality is, why should we try? But that's not a winning mentality. A winning mentality says, okay, you know what? I lost yesterday. But today, today's another day. Today, let me try again. Today, let me step into the arena and get in on the action. Because I'll never know what I can accomplish until I try. So let me say that again. You'll never know what you can accomplish until you try. And like I said on the last episode, <laughs> the game's not over, baby. Until that buzzer goes off, the game's not over. And speaking of the game not being over, let's get to the last lesson. Play every game to win. Jordan's focus was to win at all costs. That's why after coming back from his foot injury, he worked his butt off to get back so he could play and not only play, but play to win, which is why the seven minute per half restrictions that Bulls management placed on him as he came back from injury pissed him off because he knew 
He knew he could help the Bulls win. And so it upset him when he thought maybe this organization doesn't want to win. But Jordan? Jordan, yeah, he wanted to play, but he also wanted to win. But they told Jordan, come on, you know, we don't want to risk. We don't want to risk getting you more injured if you come back too quick. So it's okay if you can't play. But as Jordan said, it drives me insane when someone says I can't. And like Jordan's dad said in the episode, if you want to bring out the best in Michael, tell him he can't do something. And he'll do it just to prove you wrong. Jordan played the game to win, which is why he also told his coach, Stan, forget these guys, man. Let me play. And if they're allowing me seven minutes to play, well, then give me the most important seven minutes because I want to win. And I vowed that we, the Bulls, would make the playoffs every year. So let's go. Let's get it. Jordan wasn't comfortable with losing. And not being comfortable with losing doesn't mean that you never lose. Of course, Jordan lost games. We're all going to lose from time to time. The question is, do you play every game to win? Every day, do you approach it with the mentality that today, great things are going to happen in my life? Every opportunity you get to lead, do you do it with the greatest effort that you can? Or do you just kind of go at it half-hearted? At your job, do you provide the best quality service you know you're able to provide? Or do you just give average effort? If you answer that, with all honesty and sincerity, and you know you're not giving it your best in whatever area of life, then you shouldn't be surprised by the results. Why? Because the results that you achieve are directly connected to the effort that you apply. Jordan played every game to win, and as a result, he had historical performances, one in which Larry Bird, who many consider to be one of the top 10 NBA players of all time, said this. We ended up winning the series, but it was an incredible, incredible playoff performance. I, I've never seen it before, and I had never seen it after. That wasn't Michael Jordan out there. It was God disguised as Michael Jordan. I love how Jordan's attitude was described in this episode. Jordan played the game to win, period. So I don't want to hear about your draft pick. I don't want to hear about missing the playoffs and how good that would be. That's not how you play the game. Michael's beliefs were that the most fundamental aspect of how he conducted his life was that you did it at the highest level and you did it to win all the time. Michael Jordan gave it his best at all times and he did it to win. He had that will to win. And in life, you have to have that will to win. But it's not just about basketball. This goes for relationships, for endeavors that you pursue and for goals that you want to achieve. But Jordan didn't just have the will to win. He also prepared and worked to win because it's the will plus the preparation and the work to win that make the biggest difference in our life. So for all my listeners out there, play the game and play it to win. That's it for episode 27 of Mission Driven with AC Crystallis. Let me know how this episode encouraged and inspired you. I love hearing your feedback and knowing how these words that I speak 100% from my heart are impacting you. I thank you for giving me your time and listening to this episode. And I look forward to bringing you more lessons from the last dance. Have a great day or night. All, of course, depending on when you're listening to this. And as always, remember, remember this. The mission, your mission is now, so remain mission-driven. And until next time, faith, hope, love.